0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network Tech Fan 108 Family Reunions A reunion And video games Wait, what? Hey everyone, I'm Tim Robertson And it's kind of a reunion show David Cohen and I are finally online At the same time Yes! I'm I'm pumping my fist Don't pump it too hard You might throw your back out or something Ow! (laughs) Ow! Ow! (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, it's been a combination of uh, The sickies out And the weather
1: It definitely does seem like um, everything's cons- conspiring against us, and look what happened—the universe threw a rock at us this morning.
0: Yeah, well, it only hit R- Russia, so it's okay.
1: I did. You've seen the videos, though. I it's, did. Like, it's like watching a movie. It's like exactly like the special effects in a movie. It's kind of insane.
0: And it was loud. I don't know if you saw the videos where they actually had the audio.
1: There was yeah, there was one where the, this guy was videoing the the thing had gone over, and he was shooting video of the smoke it left behind the trail and then the shockwave hit. And, you know, he nearly drops the camera and all the car alarms around him go off. And you can hear windows shattering. I mean, it's crazy.
0: So what we're talking about, obviously, is a meteor impact. Um, although I don't know if there was actually an impact. It looks like it burned up in the atmosphere and exploded. But yeah. a meteor uh, struck in Russia and there's a ton of video online. And it's quite impressive, some of it. it's David's right. It looks like a special effects movie. It looks like... You know what it looks like, David? It looks like the faux news broadcasts at the beginning of a science fiction film, like yeah. Independence Day 4. Reports yeah, coming in right. from Russia this morning. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that crying, grainy, shaky cam. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's what it looks like. That's what it reminded me of. I thought, oh, crap, the invasion started.
1: <laughs> well, it might have started, let's let's face it. Mm. There, could be, there could be little green men advancing on Moscow as we speak.
0: One could only hope. I just want entertainment, David. Indeed. I'm yeah. like, I'm like uh, George Carlin there.
1: <laughs> yes. I don't, don't care if there's danger. Just entertain
0: me. Just be entertaining about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like when you hear about a huge car pile up, and you go, holy crap. And they go, and it was in, you know, somewhere 400 miles away. Yeah. You don't care.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I've been exercised at that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. Mm. Next, time, next time I, I hear it that I'll be having flashbacks so. Yeah,
0: you fall down in convulsions yeah. <laughs> Start weeping <Yeah.
1: laughs> No, don't remind
0: me I'm oh, sorry, I'm oh, sorry <laughs> So uh, You sent in a couple of articles You wanted to discuss But before we got to those David I thought I would uh, Relay kind of a personal story um, that's actually ongoing right now. The continuation of this story won't happen t- until, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, let me back up and say, uh, I, uh, I'm adopted, but only by my father. In other words, my, my mom remarried and then, uh, the person she remarried when I was seven, uh, adopted me, so I took his You're last right. name.
1: I understand. Cause okay. For a minute, I was kind of thinking, your father going, "Let's bring the baby home," and your mother going, "No, I don't want him."
0: No, that one over there instead. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so I knew that the the man who raised me, the man who I consider my dad, and that will never change, uh, wasn't my father. And I knew who my father was. Um, you know, I lived with him for the first five years because my mom two weeks after I was born had a massive stroke and I didn't live with her until I was five years old. So growing up, this other guy named Cleo, who I always thought was, you know, that's, that's my mom's first husband. That was my father. Well, I found out when I was in my twenties, not so much. (laughs) So I, I didn't know who my father was and I didn't really care Like I said, I was raised by my dad and that was, I, I didn't have any biological need to blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. That was my dad. And, uh, I was happy with that for a long time, but, uh, a cousin of mine told me that she actually had met my real father because she knew who he was too. And that he was working at a bar. And that did pique my curiosity. So Julie and I went to this bar and it turned out he didn't work there. But the bartender said he actually owns this other bar not very far away. And I went there and I actually met him. For the first and only time. And he was nice enough. And Julie said, as soon as she saw him, Julie said, Yeah, that's definitely your dad. Your your biological father. And uh, you know, I met him and this was like two thousand and five, two thousand and six probably. And all was fine. And my curiosity was sated, you know? Yeah. Well over this last summer, uh as you get older, obviously health concerns especially when you have kids become more prominent in your mind. So I thought it might be a good idea to reach out again and maybe get some family history on my father's side to see if there's anything that we should keep an eye out Yeah, for myself and for the kids. And, uh, that bar had closed and I didn't have any contact information on them or anything. So, what do we do in the summer of 2012 when we're trying to find someone, David?
1: Well, I suppose hit hit the net.
0: That's what I did. And um, I found his uh, obituary from 2008. Wow. And I was a little sad. I mean, I didn't really know the guy, but he was my biological father. Mm. And uh, I was a little bummed out, but there was a couple names on there, relatives of his that I thought well maybe I can reach out you know to to one of these people and the only person that I found that I thought was who they were you know mentioning in this in his obituary I found on Facebook and this person lives in Coldwater Michigan about 45 minutes from here south towards the Indiana border and so I sent this person a message in July And it was a simple message, uh, are you related to so-and-so? But I never heard back. And honestly, I kind of forgot about it. You know how things go. Yeah. So I didn't think much about it until about a week and a half ago where I get a, a reply to that email on Facebook. And this lady writes, yes, he was my brother. Um. Did you know him or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I wrote back. I said, "Well, I only met him once. Uh, I'm his son, so that would make this woman my biological aunt, mm-hmm. aunt." And uh, we started. You know, she she wrote me back uh, almost immediately. Uh, oh my goodness! I was hoping you were the missing son. Wow! <laughs> the missing son.
1: That, that kind of makes, makes it sound like you've been talked about around the kitchen table That's, a few times. Yeah,
0: right? That's what I thought. That, wow, do all these people now know who I am, but they didn't No one knew my name or anything? I had no idea. So then I get a friend request a couple of days after that from someone that I, I have no idea who this person is. But then a message pops up as I'm asking myself, looking at the friend, friend request, who is this person? A message pops up and says, hi, I'm your cousin. Well, this is the daughter of the woman that I had been speaking to on Facebook. Wow. And we had a nice long conversation two days ago via Facebook chat. Mm-hmm. Um, she had no idea anything about me. And she asked me, have you met any of the other family members like your brothers? And uh, that's kind of weird for me because well, I've, yeah. I've been an only child my whole life. Yeah. But it turns out I have brothers, David, and none of this, of course, would have happened had it not been for Facebook. Yep. And so right now there is a tentative plan for me and Julie and the younger kids to go down there on Sunday, um, and, and start to meet some of these people. So it's, like I said, it's kind of an ongoing story. Sunday is the continuation of it. And, uh, I'm happy to discuss it here on the show. Uh, and update people if if anyone's interested but you know i know facebook has a bad rep i don't like a lot of things about facebook uh I i think they're kind of slimy and evil but i think anything that gets that big gets a little bit slimy and evil yeah um but it's it's a different slimy and evil in that the it's very personal information about yourself pictures and demographics and your likes and dislikes and you know, Facebook is using that information to make money and to sell you advertising.
1: Yeah, I guess the you know the the downside of Facebook is that they probably monitored this whole set of transactions and they've probably optioned the movie rights for it already.
0: Yeah, well, it depends on how it goes. If, if I get killed, <laughs> then it'll make a good movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, you know, it's you know, it's an interesting story and it has a tech-related, you know whatever to it so i'll so, well, be interested to see how it goes on and uh good luck with uh meeting up with them yeah i'm kind of i i don't i don't want to say i'm excited i'm not really excited about it i've got a family and yeah. uh i'm not looking to change my life or anything but i am i i would it would be disingenuous to say that i'm not curious of course and uh I'm probably more curious to, to hear maybe a few stories about my biological father and to meet um, relatives that I didn't know I had, especially uh, a brother or two or yeah. three. So, yeah, I, I I don't know how much they know about me. It's going to be kind of an awkward situation. You know, you're meeting strangers for the first time, but then you have to pretend that it's a great meeting, even if it's feels awkward because you are related to these people it's something i've never experienced before i don't know if you've ever yeah. experienced anything like that
1: uh there are members of my family who've gone through a similar sort of thing um and uh you know certainly my uh my cousins uh, most of them were adopted, so uh, they've over the years have made contact with biological parents and that sort of thing, in you know various states of health and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of aware of it, you know, and and I know it can be tricky. I mean, how have you how have you broached it with your children in terms of explaining it? Because obviously, kids, you know, I haven't. I haven't talked yeah, to the haven't. kids about no. it
0: at all, and I don't know. That's something Julie and I have to discuss before Sunday, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how I can explain to them. Brooke kind of understands. I mean, she's almost 10 now. Yeah. She kind of understands that my dad isn't my biological dad. Yeah. Just like I'm not Brittany's biological father. Yeah. Uh, and that my oldest daughter, Rachel, didn't live with us. So she gets it. Cole, on the other hand, just won't get it.
1: No. I mean, with certainly with my children, um, you know, my youngest, she she. We've tried to explain. So she has no concept that my grand that her grandparents are my parents. Right? She can't she
0: can't get her head around that. Uh, even that most basic concept. Well, know. because you're you're daddy and you've always been a grown up. Yeah, that's right. She can't picture you as a child, even if she sees pictures. Yeah. I don't think that happens until they're like seven, eight, nine years old. They can yeah. really start to grasp. Oh, I'm growing up. My dad did the same thing, or my mom did the same thing, and these are their parents. Yeah it's uh it's interesting though i mean you know i'm i am i'm looking forward to it i just don't know it's it's all kind of an unknown to me right now yeah but i'm happy to to make contact with people that i don't know and that they're family members and not just you know um family members because you married into a family these are actual blood relatives so it's going to be interesting i think Yep. Um,
1: just if, if they try and explain that you have destiny to kill vampires, I'd take a pass on that.
0: Yeah, that. Or if I get down there and I start hearing the theme from like uh, old country back road music, like yeah. Deliverance <laughs> or something, then yeah, I might have a. Uh, but no, it's, I'm sure everything will be fine. I'm sure they're lovely people. They seem very nice. Yeah. My um, this woman who I friended on Facebook, my cousin, she's uh, sixty. Mm-hmm. so she's uh older than I am, and her mom's obviously has to be in her eighties, yeah, unless she you know was thirteen when she gave birth, but I doubt that uh, but you know so it it's it's not like a young family that I'm going down there to meet uh my understanding is I am the oldest of my brothers, so none of them are as old as i am right it's uh it's kind of cool and kind of strange all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Excellent. Well, so I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Me too. <laughs> 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 so in the meantime, let's take a quick break here, David. We'll come back and uh we'll talk about the video game industry.
1: Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of food, whoa whoa
0: whoa, 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 Hold up whoa. here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That, that's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the
1: show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they?
0: That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week.
1: I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it.
0: Back on Tech Fan number 108. If you guys want to contact us, really easy to do. Simply send an email to tim at mymac.com. I'll share it with David. Uh, The easiest way, however, is to go to techfanpodcast.com. Either comment underneath the article that you're re- referencing, or uh, there's a contact us button. Click that, fill out the little form, hit submit, and we get that email as well. And I think we just—I did I forward you one, David? The, yeah, we got two actually. Okay, do you want to read those? Because I uh, yeah, don't—I sure. got to fire up my iMac to get them. And I'm okay, that no, the I, fans I have. Are- I have them here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so we got two comments relating to the segment I did last week about my experiences with the Blackberry Playbook, which I'm still enjoying actually. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's a surprisingly nice little sh- little machine. It's really good for video um, because hey, it doesn't have any space. It doesn't have any space constraints. It have nothing else on it virtually, and just because it's because it's heavier and thicker. Um, it's much easier to stand up to watch a video on than the iPad mini, which, which is, you know, it's great, but it's, you know, it's so thin and so light, it's quite easy for it to fall over if you're not careful. Yeah. So um, the playbook's kind of kind of better for that, really. So um, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. I'm looking forward to getting the new BlackBerry 10 operating system on it and see how it, that how that is. But um, we did get a couple of comments. Uh, one of them is from um, let's see. I don't think this guy left his uh, Christian name, but he's uh, BDE Grande, um, and he posted a comment saying I agree completely with David about the Blackberry playbook I was in a slightly different situation as I had only a full size iPad and not a mini and I was looking six months ago so I paid a higher price $200 for a 64 gig model which is still a deal yeah absolutely yeah I mean you know for such a, and it's cuz that that was one of the things you can you can pay that sort of money for uh kind of a you know the base kindle fire or on these cheapo android tablets they're just not as well put together you know well
0: the cheap the the kindle fire is i mean that's basically the same yeah but the
1: prob- the problem with the kindle fire is, is you you are completely hooked into amazon you can't put your own stuff on it very easily at all Whereas with the Playbook, you can. It's actually very, very easy. In fact, it's much easier than an iPad to put stuff on and off of it. You can I've even never
0: it. tried to put anything on my... Uh, uh, to me, the whole the whole point of the Fire was that it was hooked up into Amazon. And because I'm an Amazon Prime member, I had just millions of hours of videos I could watch.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know where this commenter is from. But certainly in the UK, I'm an Amazon Prime Minister, uh, member, but you don't get free video. You don't get streaming video here. That sucks. So, uh, you'd have to buy all your content, you know. So, anyway, gotcha. we digress. He says, I was looking for a tablet prime and it's a portable media player. I don't want us to deal with jury rigged HDMI solutions for the iPad. The Playbook had a lot of storage, a micro HDMI port, and good hardware in general. It has good build quality and the best sound of any tablet I've owned, and the cameras shoot 1080p video. Like the HP TouchBand and the Windows Phone, it has a good OS without much software support, which is okay if you have an iPad to run apps, not so good as your first tablet. Some key missing ones are Skype, Kindle, and Netflix, though Skype and Kindle are supposed to be available with BB10. Support has been good, there have been two OS upgrades, with another major one coming soon. As those of us who have owned an Android, Android tablets know, this is not always the case with them. In addition to media, I use it for Twitter, Facebook, games. It does have Plants vs Zombies. The email client supports multiple accounts. Can also show Facebook messages and Twitter direct messages. I have also have apps for Dropbox, Evernote, Pandora, and Pocket. It also comes with the full version of Documents to Go. Most tablets have a trial version. A downside is that the native podcast app is awful, and the third-party options are not much better. I love the small form factor. I'm sure my next iPad will be a mini.
0: Well, you know, if if more people buy the Android or the uh, BlackBerry. You're going to see a lot more third-party developer support.
1: Well, also as well, it will run Android apps. They can be recompiled to run uh, kind of in an emulation mode on yeah, the Yeah, I've, I've heard
0: that, and I heard that yeah. it actually runs pretty well.
1: Yeah, certainly a couple of the ones I've loaded are, are effectively ported Android apps, and they're okay. Yeah, they're not brilliant, um, but you know they're functional. They do the job. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's. It's it's an interesting alternative option. I certainly think for the money, if you're looking for, I kind of, I have adopted this attitude now. When people ask me for a tablet, if if somebody says to me, "Well, I just want something for, you know, to so basically do the same thing a netbook would do," I'd recommend they buy one of these rather than uh, than maybe a Google or a, or a Kindle.
0: Next one is, uh, I believe, from Peter Bird. Peter Bird, regular responder.
1: Hello, Tim and David. I found David's thought on the Blackberry Playbook really interesting. I've never thought about looking at the playbook for anything, but after hearing what David thought, I might be having a look now to
0: see if I can find a use for it. (laughs) I'm actually with him there. I I never really considered it until I listened to your segment last week, and I thought, maybe I should look at the playbook.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about it until I saw that it was going to get BB10. I thought, well, why not? Uh, pick one up, you know. I've got to say, use uh, this is Peter again. I've got to say, using having used the Blackberry Z10, I think Blackberry have really missed the boat here. They could have done so much better than they have with this. By the way, Blackberry now instead of Research in Motion. My question would be, what took them so long to change it? As most people knew them as Blackberry anyway. If you mentioned Research in Motion to most average people, they would give you a look as if say, who's so, who's so great marketing their Blackberry? So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting change. That they well, heard.
0: some of the times, um, changing a name is a very complex thing. Um, for starters, uh, let's say you have government contracts, which I know BlackBerry has had. Um, you can't just go and change your name on a whim. I mean, it's, it's a ton of paperwork that you have to do with every single one of your vendors now. Your checks have a different name. Um, they have to pay you, but now it's a different name, uh, different tax ID sometimes. It's not an easy thing. And plus, I mean, BlackBerry is a worldwide company, so it, it, changing the name is, is not a frivolous move. It's it's time-consuming. To be honest, it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think the message of the metronome <laughs> that then they're intending to stick around they're not looking to sell out they're not looking to shut down and also they're not looking to get out the hardware business and i think by by you know changing them the company to the devices that they're most well known for is an indication from their point of view trying to say look we're we're going to try and make a go of this
0: yeah i I didn't i didn't see it as a negative or a positive it seemed obvious to me but i understood why they hadn't done it because it's It's a huge undertaking. Now, when Apple did it, they simply dropped a part of their name. They went from Apple Computer Incorporated to Apple Incorporated or Mm -hmm. Apple Inc. So that's kind of a... And nobody referred to Apple Computer as Apple Computer. They just said Apple. Yep. So that's a much easier one. REMS was a much more difficult one because they went from research in motion to just BlackBerry. So I think it's a positive thing. I actually... If I had the some extra cash laying around, I think I might pick one up. I'm sure my wife would have a problem with that. but <laughs> Ah!
1: Well, this is the good thing, you see. Put mine in a case um, and provided she doesn't get too close
0: to look, she doesn't know whether it's the Mini or the Playbook. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. They're
1: about, look, I mean, the case are about the same size. So.
0: Interesting. I, you know, I, it's, I hope BlackBerry does well with this device um, and the new one's coming up. I really do. I like choice. I've said that time and time again, and uh, I'm not dissatisfied with my Kindle Fire. Um, I just don't use it that much because I use the iPad.
1: Well, it's the same for me. I mean, my iPad is still my primary device, and it is still—I mean, it is head and shoulders above the the Blackberry Play. But there's no no argument of that. And i i would I would not be comfortable getting rid of my iPad and just having the Blackberry. Um, that not not for the not for the what the things I use it for. But yeah. uh, having said that, you know it's nice as a as an extra kind of side toy.
0: And it's one of those toys that uh, at the price that they're going for right now is definitely a good viable option for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on uh, and thank you for the feedback, guys. If you guys want to send feedback again, uh, it's techfanpodcast dot com. Click the contact us button and. Out the contact information, we'll read it right here on the show. Um, you sent me a couple of really good articles. Yeah, uh, the first was about video games.
1: Yeah, this was uh, it was interesting. This was on a, a site called No High Scores. Um, it was it was actually linked off somewhere. I forget where I got it from now. The loop. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a, an article. Entitled "So Sick of Your Excuses," and this really resonated with me. I've been getting kind of frustrated recently about the way the business of the games industry is starting to operate now. There's been all these layoffs and closures. Even the studios that are relatively successful, you know, they get their next, they get their um, final game out the door, and then they get shut up straight away. Um, and it's 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 really starting to frustrate me the way the industry is being run. And and this kind of, you know, captured captured it, it for me as well. I mean, the other thing that's that's one, been winding me up is this trend now of using Kickstarter to fund your games development. <laughs> yeah, because what happened to businesses funding their own development? Yeah, that than does
0: bother me as well.
1: Begging for money off people, you know, um, th- you know, businesses are business about taking risks. It's about taking your own calculated risks with your own money and kind of living and dying by the results. Not taking money off people, you know, to fund this game or that game. And of course, half the time these Kickstarter campaigns fail anyway. But that was that's kind of you know. So that, so I've been generally getting dissatisfied with a lot of the what's going on in the business of the game industry. And here, this article kind of encapsulates it for me. And it basically goes on about. Um, the gamers' industry is constantly making excuses. Yeah? A statement made by a Capcom executive during a quarterly shareholder call. Why did Resident Evil 6 miss its sale mark of 6 million copies, landing somewhere between 4.8 million? The response was typical corporate bull, saying absolutely nothing in a way that sounds important. Analyzing courses, validating that 4.8 million is still a good result. You know, internal operating frameworks need to be examined um, to determine shortcomings... You know, uh, somebody else saying, "Oh, you shouldn't release demos of a game because it harms your sales." The best way to sell a game is to release a trailer and provide the consumer with no possible way to try it before you buy it. You know, and and, and this is this goes about something we talked about other industries in the past. It's about you know, rather than saying gamers didn't get it or um, you know, we did this wrong, we did that wrong. Why does anybody turn up and say, "Well, maybe the game just sucked, yeah, and maybe." people are sick of paying you know through the nose for a game you know 60 dollars plus for a game that has 10 hours of of content and needs three patches before it works properly and you know stings you for downloadable content as soon as you buy it and you can't sell it down to gamestop because um they've put drm in it um and all of this sort of stuff which basically comes down to the games industry treating you like a shill (laughs) Yeah, all they want is your money and they will shovel anything at you. Yeah, and the, and the uh, idea of quality and making a great product or offering a great service, yeah, is an anathema to them. Because all they want to see is return on their bottom line as quickly as possible. And, um, and you know, I agree with this. This this article, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but this article basically spells it right out. You know, that, that again, you know, the companies, are, these companies show contempt for us. Uh, and uh, treat us as nothing but a revenue stream rather than thinking about, um, you know, giving us something that actually gives real value and building some brand loyalty.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, and, and mostly we're talking about AAA games here on consoles yeah. and, and PC. And um, I can't say I disagree. It's, there was a game that came out a few years ago and it was published by EA. But it was a smaller studio that actually made it under the EA banner, and I couldn't tell you the name of the of the uh, studio right now. But mm-hmm. the game was called The Saboteur, and I love this game. And uh, it was kind of a, an open world type of game, which I'm a sucker for to begin with. But it took it took place in France, and you are a saboteur. Uh, I'm gonna say from Scotland, but he might have been Irish. I forget now. And he's behind enemy lines in France, and his job is to liberate different areas of uh, of France. Or, or more, there's a court, there's a countryside, but there's also you know you're in uh, Paris most of the time. Yeah, and. Uh, It's all in black and white except for the color red. So you can see like the Nazi swastikas from a distance. And as you liberate different parts of the city, the color comes back. And the graphics were great. The gameplay was fantastic. I just love this game. My problem with the game was, within a week of this game coming out, EA just closed that studio down. So there was no chance of any good downloadable content or a part two and it didn't sell well because obviously EA didn't put any kind of a marketing budget behind it for whatever reason but it was a brilliant game but it was never given a chance never given a chance and the people who painstakingly lovingly made this very unique game was just shown the door as soon as it was out the door and and that kind of to me encapsulates Encapsulate. I can't even say it today. Um, the problem with the game industry—it's just—it's broken. It's being run by, you know, corporate jerk offs who don't know anything about video games and treats the industry like it's, you know, they're making hamburgers or something.
1: Well, it's be- it's being run like the movie industry, except the difference being in the movie industry the uh, corporate suits don't have the ultimate power there's a, ba- a balance of power between them and the creative types that don't, you know a big name director some of the big name stars have enough um, marketing draw and, and political power to be able to influence you know, and stop you know, the, the, uh, the executives who don't know anything except a spreadsheet from completely ruining, ruining everything some of the time The difference is the video game industry doesn't have those creators. The creative types don't have that sort of power, so basically they are completely beholden to the corporate suits. And that's then again, it's all about getting a return as quickly as possible, um, and you know treating treating the uh, basically treating the game player with no intelligence. You know, assuming they have no intelligence whatsoever, that they're just uh, enthralled to whatever the latest franchise is you know and um and turning out yeah you know, and, and the problem is we participate in it because there are games that are terrible that are released and yet they still make a lot of money
0: yeah re- I, and, you know i didn't play resident evil what was it 6 yeah i didn't play it i didn't buy it i had no interest in it and it's part 6 <laughs> I mean, yeah after yeah. it's like really if yeah. I wasn't interested in Part 1, am I really hanging around for Part 6 at this point? What do you, Could you be doing something else that's kind of unique? Could you, uh, yeah, could so you look I, at th- see what's popular and what people enjoy playing and maybe put a spin on something like that so give us something I, yeah. different?
1: I don't think really any series should go as many as six different
0: variations. It depends you know? on the type of series, though. I mean, that's a very... Um, it's not broad enough to have a lot of comeback power
1: yeah but i I think i think any series that does go that long has to show some innovation and it you know it just can't be more of the same let's face it we all know resident evil games are you know they want they're shooting zombies in the dark that's what they are yep yeah and there's no need for six versions of that it's just like you know modern warfare call of duty at the end of the day they will keep on plugging you know they're on four or five of those now if you count the um the uh the Black Ops games. not really I mean, is there much more that can be sort of presented to us as a gaming environment than that?
0: No. But yet there's always gonna be people who want to have the first person shooter looking like, you know, with very high polished graphics and they've been playing it for eighteen months, the same game, they want some they wanna play the same type of game, they just wanna see different scenery. They wanna
1: yeah, well, different weapons you know, yeah, and but- yeah, but the but thing is, if it's just different scenery, different weapons, the same gameplay, should we be paying $60 for the next version of that?
0: If that's the kind of game you like, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can look at Call of Duty and say, oh, it's it's a colossal failure. Is that the one that's the big one right now, or is it...
1: That's the big one, but you know what? It will fall, because all of these... Well, games sure, games, there's, there's remember cycles. Remember how big guitar games used to be? Sure.
0: Well, yes and days? no. That That was about a two-and-a-half-year span, and then they were dead
1: yeah but they sold you know they sold they were and at the time they were also talked about by the suits as the you know the new thing in the games industry because you know it would bring different people in and it was a way to sell music and sure enough they tried to monetize the music in the games they tried to monetize the peripherals they tried to bring you know big big name in. they did the beatles they did metallica they did this that and the other and the thing still withered on the vine because at the end of the day people were were saying well we're sick of playing the same game in a different box and the the i think the issue with the issue that that this kind of article brings out is is stop the game industry stop making excuses and be realistic is that um you know, there are other platforms. There are other options now. There is the tablets. There is the uh, the iPhone and the and the Android phones. And you know, every year those devices are getting better and better and better. And they're already. I've been playing games on my uh, iPad. That's they're not not they're certainly much better than the PS2. This they're, they're not up to Xbox 360 or PS3 stands, Not far behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but- in a few years, you're going to be able to pick games up there. Um, you know where it's much easier to develop for uh, a much smaller team can develop a game, and they can publish it without having to go through a, a games publisher, a games distributor, uh, and even a game studio, and they can publish a game and they and they can you know they can really eat these
0: guys lunch. And I think that's the, another part of this article that really kind of uh, I agree with a hundred percent in that if you're a small developer uh one to 20 man team say and you want to publish your game quickly and easily and let's say it's a it's a complex game let's let's say it's a first person shooter you can develop the game on the iOS or Android push it out to the marketplace and with days people are downloading it and buying it And uh, you've got pretty much complete control over your game, as long as you stay within some certain guidelines. I.e., you can't have nudity, you can't have, you know, um, racial hatred in the game, that sort of thing. Yeah, the stuff that we don't really want to see as game players, anyways. But the
1: control set,
0: yeah. yeah, Or you could put it on Xbox. Well, what's that cost? Well, number one, it's ten thousand (laughs) dollars. Just to ten thousand
1: dollars a year.
0: A year. just yeah. just for the right to publish on Xbox. It takes months and months and months of a review process before they'll even push the game out. And then it's very restrictive. They could tell you, no, we don't like this part of the game, change it. For no yeah. other reason than that Microsoft just happens not to like that part of your game. And then yeah, or, to make matters worse, they bury
1: it. Coming out. Right. Yeah. You yeah know? and then they yeah they bury it in some ghetto part of the Xbox
0: line. Right. System. They do no marketing for it. Yeah. And your game does nothing. And you're, you're $10,000 not to mention how many man hours just to create the game. You're $10,000 in the hole before you sell one copy. Yeah. One copy. Or you could pay 99 bucks to get to become a, a developer on iOS. Hmm. Let me let me think about it for a while. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I don't think Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo get it. They really don't get it. And this is the part that I wanted to, to, to mention that really kind of spoke to me. Apple, right now, could very easily destroy Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft in one fell swoop by making a console that's iOS. Yeah. They would just destroy them sell it for 199 It's you could play all the games you currently have using your iPhone or your iPad as a controller buy a, a $99 external, you know, conventional type of controller and download Apple TV if that's what you want to call it or Apple Gaming or whatever the hell the name of the box is that's PS3 or Xbox 360 quality exactly. first person shooters and stuff that cost, oh guess what Ten bucks. Ten bucks, yeah. And you can put it on any one of your iOS devices that you want. That's
1: that's right. Yeah, that's the thing. The ecosystem is there. You log in with your account, and it's on any of them. And it's your – oh, guess what? It's yours forever. Yep. Nobody can take it off you. Nobody can say, oh, we're shutting the servers down now, um, so you can't play the game anymore. Yeah, it's just there. You know what? They could – yeah, you're absolutely right. They could do it for less than that. They could buy something. They could come out something that plugs in the USB port on the back of the Apple TV. Sure. Yeah, which all it has to be is, is some extra graphics processing and a controller interface, and it's there. Yep. Yeah, and and what I found interesting is that, I mean, we're using as a source of some of this an article by one of the guys who founded the Xbox project at Microsoft.
0: Yeah, this guy yeah. is somebody who, you know, this isn't just some random guy. This is the guy that he was one of the founders of Xbox. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> talk about a loyalist. I mean, he created yeah. it. And, and
1: basically, he rails he rails away at Microsoft for failing to capitalize on the opportunity of what they have, you know. And uh, look, we all know the history of the Xbox. Microsoft have thrown it has thrown a ton of money into it to make it a success. Stupidly, though, you know, for stupid, the most part, well, yeah, stupidly they've made some real mistakes along the way. The hardware's been wrong. They've you know they've really taken it in the shorts with um, with it. Uh, you know, ex- with uh, it, hardware exchanges for for the warranty program, but you know he. He, he lists some... He, he, he In this article, he puts some um, screenshots, which kind of, when I saw them, I, I'd not thought about this, but then I saw them. He's absolutely right. You know... Uh, installing a game select a hard select a device to save your save your save game hard drive or cloud save games and they put a thing on it daddy what's a hard drive why do i have to keep choosing hard drive when i'm playing Connectimals? yep why does Connectimals take 10 minutes before i can start playing yep can i use the ipad while it's updating yes yeah Yep. yeah xbox i it says you know update required an update is available for this game or app do you want to up, download the update now i'm the xbox i'm also too dumb to know if it's a game or an app me why should i choose where i have to put this yep you know and it's all stuff like that um and yeah he basically says this thing is and i agree with this you know i love my xbox i love the games on it but the actual using it is a pain in the ass it
0: is yeah ps 3s not I'm, better D- no, you have the same it, things on ps3
1: yeah but i'm looking at it now this thing is enormous
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm not putting this under my tv mine's in my office I would never put this in my living room. It's too loud, it's too big, it's too noisy. Yep. And I certainly would not put it under my TV as a games device and also a media player when I can have a puck size Apple TV yeah, that does most of the same media things but doesn't heat up, you know, is tiny... And shove it out the way when you're not using it. Doesn't use the cables that go in the back of the Xbox 360 are ridiculous. They are these huge, great big plugs. It's got a power adapter. Yeah, that's bigger than the power adapter that powered my first laptop in 1984.
0: The power adapter on yeah. the Xbox 360 weighs more than my iMac does.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's this huge, great, clunky thing. And you could put up with that if, if the hardware was fabulous, but the hardware's crap. But, but you also have it. to
0: remember, in, in fairness, the 360 is eight years old.
1: Yeah, but it's eight years old, and here it still is. It's not well, replaced. but they're come
0: Well, no, they are replacing it this year.
1: I know. Yeah, but after eight years.
0: Well, I, that's been the traditional trajectory yeah, of councils for the past. Telling 20. me
1: they could have spent some money on whittling this down to something a bit more re- respectable in the meantime.
0: Well, they did somewhat. I mean the uh, the arcade versions are a little bit smaller. They are definitely quieter, and they don't get as hot. But yet we still have huge power bricks connected to them and yeah. and, the, and the cables are so thick you can't do any kind of real cable management with them mine is mine is horrible i've had to break off the
1: plastic shell on one of the cables to fit it into the space where it goes um you know the cables aren't long enough some of them um yeah it's just it's just a nightmare complete
0: nightmare it is absolutely yeah.
1: you know and, and, and the, this go ahead yes this so this is the guy who was involved in getting this out and he feels that the custodian of it um, has completely failed to deliver it, you know. Um, and and what I found it so interesting about this article is the numbers, the numbers. Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty sold nine million units in two thousand and twelve. Yep. Right now, that's a big decline from where it has been. But you know that means in total over the eight years it's out. Yeah, there's probably what forty-five, fifty million units. The Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty Apple sells that for iPads in a
0: quarter. At the same price point, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is you know, going back to that thing about developing, yeah, you've got an audience of what 40, 50 million Xboxes, where it's really hard to get your game in front of it, in front of people, or have you got an audience of, of what 200, 300 million iOS devices? If you if you go for the iPad, the um, I, iPhone as well as the iPad.
0: You know, uh, M- Microsoft has this uh, Xbox Gold thing. Mine expired. And I fired up my Xbox 360 just last weekend after my gold membership has expired, and I can't tell any difference. I don't, I don't see what I'm missing that I need to spend $100 a, mo- uh, a year to become a gold member again for.
1: Well, $100 a year, all it basically does is let you play online with other people.
0: Yeah, and I don't you know, do that anyways.
1: So, so well, I, yeah, a lot of people don't. I don't either. But the point is, I mean, there's a there's a screenshot here as well. It always says to you, an update is available for this game or app. Do you want to download the update? Download now, cancel. And it says, if you decline this update, you'll be signed out of Xbox Live. And the caption goes, me, 4 meg. Gee, thanks for that info. Wait, what? What are the consequences of being signed out of X, Xbox Live if I don't update?
0: Yeah. and. You know, who the hell knows? And one of the problems with the Xbox is every 18 months, Microsoft comes out with a brand new user interface. And yeah. it takes people a month to get used to it and finding out where things are again. It's ridiculous. You know, I, it's, I, I totally agree with the article on almost every aspect of it. And my only hope is that the next generation will be better, but it's not. We know that Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo are going to become very restrictive on DRM so they can kill the used gaming market. Which is which I don't is I don't music- understand that decision on any level at all. Well that's what the music industry tried to do. Yeah, and that didn't to work stop out piracy, too well.
1: and look how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, and Apple will just do it. Again, they'll just say, "Well, here's our option." Now our some
0: option. some people will say that, "Well, yeah, but it's even more restrictive on iOS because uh you can it's uh oh wait, no, it's the same. Because really, you could buy it on iOS, you you can't you can't play the same game on Android. And it's no physical thing that you can return. Apple doesn't have a return policy per se for crappy iOS games that you buy. You're just stuck with it now.
1: Yeah, but the point is the price is less.
0: That's what it is right there. Yeah. If, if Apple comes out with a console or a TV or whatever the hell it is that can play games, console quality games, and they're almost there right now yeah. with their iPad. Um, I think Nintendo and I think Sony and I think Microsoft are in massive amounts of trouble with their gaming initiatives.
1: Uh, and I would say, you know what? Xbox seven twenty whatever it is. If the games are twenty quid each, thirty dollars, yeah, I will stop complaining. I won't care about resale because that's really as much as I want to play on a game.
0: Yep, I agree with you.
1: You know, I don't want to spend forty five pounds, sixty dollars on a game.
0: It's too much. I can't afford it, Frank. Well, you can't take the risk that you're going to spend that much money. It's a it's a shitty game, and 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 I could spend the same amount and get sixty games for my
1: iPad. And and the problem is, is even if the game is very, very highly reviewed, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to like it. Right. Yeah? You know, there are plenty of games I've bought in the past which have have got absolutely top-notch reviews, and I've played them, and I just just don't get on with them. And you kind of start with it then,
0: you know? And And there are some games that I know that I'm going to enjoy. For instance... If it's a GTA game, I know I'm going to get my money's worth. If it's a Ratchet and Clank game, I know I'm going to really enjoy it. and I'm going to play a lot of it. If it's a Lego game, I know I'm going to really dig it and play it. Yeah. But those are but, the exceptions to the rule.
1: And not only that, those three those three types of game are very easily del- deliverable on an iOS device. You don't need an Xbox 360 there,
0: for that. Other than Ratchet and Clank, they have all those games on iOS. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
1: And what's been eye-opening for me is being laid up with this injury is I've played a lot of games over the last six, six weeks, and pretty much all of them i played on my iPad. Yeah. I have not used the Xbox 360 because it's downstairs. That means me getting up out of bed, coming down somewhere. Not well, yeah, let's be honest, though.
0: Most of the time, you're hanging upside down. Exactly, yeah. And, it's very difficult you know, to... You've uh, got to put the TV but, upside down. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have, the point is that I haven't felt hard done by because I only play games on my iPad. Yeah, I've been, I've been, you know, gaming gaming away, as, enjoying it as much as I can. But the point is I've not needed to go and do the Xbox for that.
0: As, as much as I enjoy the GTA games on the iPad, I enjoy them on a television with a physical controller a thousand times more. Yeah. So there is something to be said that Apple does have to address if they want to be a serious contender in the video game market, especially if you're going to move into the living room. It can't be a piece of glass... Uh, is your only interactive, whatever, controller. Yeah.
1: No, I'd, it, I'd it agree can. with that.
0: Um, but if they if they get that worked out, and honestly, I think that's a pretty simple problem to solve, Apple is going to eat, them, eat their lunch. And I'm not saying that as an Apple fanboy or anything like that. I'm simply looking at the market, uh, the developer support, and business acumen. And I haven't seen a lot from Microsoft that says... They've got a lot of support and developers, because they don't, and yes, they have some in the 360, but how many exclusive 360 titles can you point your finger at? Very few. Same thing with the PS3. Same thing with, oh, definitely with the Nintendo Wii and Wii U, unless you count, you know, uh, the games that Nintendo themselves make. Because, let's yeah. be honest, those are usually the only ones worth buying on the Nintendo platform. Yeah. So... All the developers are rushing to the freedom to do their own thing that the iOS platform and to a lesser degree um, Android and hopefully maybe Blackberry affords them. You can get very creative you can't come out with a triple A title as a small team anymore it's you just can't do it on the platforms on the consoles you, you can't yeah. do it. you can do that on iOS you come out with a great game on iOS and you're going to make a lot more money than you'll ever make on the 360. Yep. So, yeah, it's a fun time, David. I'm I'm really, you know, and there's a lot of potential very innovative things coming, you know. Um There's this little cube, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's a little Android device that connects to your television. And it plays Android games, and it has a little controller that comes with it. Could that be a game changer? I don't know. Valve is coming out with a console Mm. that's powered by Steam that's going to connect to your television, and you can play any game that you can buy on Steam, which is all the AAA titles at this point, via Steam Play. Is that going to shake up the industry? I don't know. You know, Steam, or uh, Valve actually said, the CEO said... His biggest fear, when it came to the home market, is Apple. He's not worried about Microsoft or Nintendo, or Sony. He's worried about Apple, and I think yeah. he's a very smart man to to be afraid of that. So
1: I, I think so too, and you know I think I think it's there for taking, and, I, and I'm sure Apple has stuff in the works. I think they're just waiting for the right time to make the move.
0: Well, I think they're going to let Nintendo and or uh, Sony and Microsoft do whatever they're going to do first. Now, up first obviously was Nintendo with the Wii U, and it's been a dismal failure. It's really not selling well at it's all. It's not it? selling well at all. The last month in January in the US and they actually gave them an extra week of sales, um, less than 100,000 units, and actually it's turning out to be less than 50,000 units in the US, which is dismal. That this we're talking about a brand new Nintendo console and nobody is buying it. I want one, but not that badly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, wait.
1: In, j- in January, there's, uh, there's an article just come out about an hour ago. <coughs> in January, they sold 57,000 Wii U's, um, whereas the Wii in the same period sold 435,000.
0: Yeah. So what's that tell you? Yeah, so I what's the was- adoption rate going to be? Yeah.
1: So, so people aren't upgrading. I think they were counting on people with the Wii upgrading to the Wii U, and they're just not doing it.
0: No, they're not. Yeah, and the reason that exp- Wii U is still selling good is because you can get them for ninety nine bucks now at some places. Yeah. And you know if it comes with bowling, you know Wii Sports. Ninety nine bucks—that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. You can you can play that for months and have fun. Grandma can play that one. So then, coming up next is going to be Sony. They've got a press release or a, a press conference this coming week. Uh, I believe February 20th which is my 10 year anniversary of, with Julian, you know, my wife. Yeah. Um and everyone is reporting that this is all going to be about the PlayStation 4. And Microsoft um I can't remember the guy's name. Big head honcho at, on the Xbox team. Uh not Steve Ballmer. I don't know. No, no, no. Um Major something, I forget.
1: Yeah, Major, major yeah, I know, the major, major General. Ne-
0: major Nelson. No, Major
1: Nelson, that's right, yeah.
0: He, he pointed to this Microsoft page that has a countdown, and the countdown falls squarely at e- E3, which means that's where they're going to announce the next Xbox. Uh, they're saying Sony's is going to come out this year. I can't imagine that Microsoft is going to announce anything at E3 and not have it out in time for the holiday season
1: didn't when the xbox 360 came out didn't they announce it e3 and then it did come out for like another eight months
0: yes but this is a different world than it was yeah. eight years ago you, you they you can't do that nowadays you you have to capitalize on the wow factor right away now i'm going to sit here and predict the ps3 or the ps4 isn't going to sell well um It's going to be too expensive. It's going to be too expensive. It's going to be too restrictive. Uh, And Sony has got a terrible track record after the PS2 of selling consoles or any video game systems for that matter. The PSP, pretty much a failure. The PS Vita, brilliant hardware. Unfortunately, no games. It's a dismal failure. The PS3, people buy it for the Blu-ray, but they don't really pay for games too much it's been uh, a pretty good failure for them. They won't admit that, but it has been. So now we're going to get the PS4. Who, who's going to buy that? Other than people like me who were like, oh, the new GTA will be on that, so I'm going to buy it. But for the most yeah, part, again, it's, there, it's not going to sell.
1: The problem both Sony Annex and Microsoft have with these consoles been out for probably be longer than, than people were expecting is that if you want the new game, gta call of duty whatever well they're not going to not do that version for the old consoles because there's so many of them out there so if you already have an xbox 360 and call of duty is available for that and that's what you want that's not a compelling reason to upgrade to the next console right to get just a a slightly better version i mean the problem is we're we're going to be in this position now that we're it's kind of like the difference between dvd and high def and blu-ray it's yeah it's better the graphics are going to be better but they're not going to be so mind-numbingly better that you're going to say I must trash what I have now and buy the new one. And it's very be, few oh, gamers yeah, buy
0: games because of the graphics; they just yeah. don't.
1: Well, to be honest with you, I—I I mean, you know, maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but I play games of the Xbox 360. Uh, you know, even older games now, and I look at the graphics and I think, well, this is as good enough as it needs to be. You know, anything more than that, um, and you know, it's really you really are into the law of diminishing returns.
0: Yep. So it's interesting, David. I think it's going to be a a fun time the next 12 months. I think we're going to be in a completely different place talking about games in the industry in February 2014. I really do. Yeah. Um, I know you had another article. Let's save that for the next episode because we're approaching an hour now. Yeah. Um, And I did want to um, uh, reiterate something I said on the last Tech Fan as well as the last MyMac episode that... um, I've got 10 years in podcasting coming up next year. And uh, in anticipation of that, we're going to kind of hijack the MyMac show for an episode or two to celebrate 10 years of that podcast in existence, because let's be honest, there's maybe less than a dozen other podcasts that's been around as long. Yep. And I'm talking about podcasts that were created as podcasts. I'm not talking about the NPR faux podcast, which is a radio broadcast that then they release later as a podcast. That's not a true podcast. I'm talking about real podcasts that were created and called a podcast from day one. So there's very few out there who's been doing this as long as the MyMac show has been around. And, um, you know, we're, it's a year away of course, but I think that it's significant enough that I'm, I need some ramp up time <laughs> to do it. Um, so, of course, I want you involved in that, David, because you're a big part of that history. Definitely. And uh, so. so that's that's going to be next year. In the meantime, uh, again, if you guys want to send in feedback, we'd love to hear your take on the video game industry. Did we not talk about uh, a console or something upcoming that you know about that we should know about? Let us know. It's pod, or, my Mac, geez, Wow, techfanpodcast.com. Click the Contact Us button and uh, send us a message. We'd love to hear it. You can yep. also send audio feedback. All you have to do is record yourself and then send it over as an email. Real easy to do. We'll play it right here on the show. Cool. You got anything before we wrap up, David?
1: Uh, probably would say we we missed the re-rise of the Mattel in television. I think that's probably what we didn't
0: talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to break my old one out of the basement and see if it's... <laughs>
1: Well, you mean you haven't got it up on your wall with the others?
0: No, I don't. I, there's only so many, so much space, and you know, looking back on it, I've got two NESs on one shelf already, yeah. and everything else that's out there, I kind of want out there.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I saw. Um... Talking of old video games, I saw Wreck-It Ralph last week. Oh, how'd you like uh, it? Uh, oh, that's, what a great film. It is. It really, I really, really... If you're a video... I, I know it's been out in the States for a while, hasn't it? And it just came out here.
0: In fact, it just came uh, out on iTunes this week.
1: All oh, right, right. But, um, yeah, if you're a video games fan and you've not seen Wreck-It Ralph, uh, watch it. Not only is it a great film just of itself, it's easily as good as anything Pixar have ever, have ever done. Yeah,
0: I don't uh, go that far. I, no, don't think I, th- I don't think it holds a candle to Finding Nemo.
1: Uh, well, I I thought it I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's definitely. I liked it. Game Don't game get
0: me wrong. wrong. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant movie. But
1: uh, and but and and certainly, you know, if you're a video games fan, you've you I mean, really should should get it on on the DVD and and kind of watch it in slow motion so you can see all the
0: characters. In the it's background. amazing. They have you know, I was kind of surprised to be honest as many characters as Disney got from these studios to use the Pac Man ghosts and the Street Fighter guys and. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Yeah. It's I love the movie. I, yeah. I I think it's great. You reminded me that I actually do need to uh, to download it on iTunes so the kids can watch it. Because I went and saw it when I was in Chicago with a uh, somebody that works for me. Yeah. At the end of the day, I said, "What are you doing?" He was like, "Nothing." I said, "I'm going to go see Rocket Ruck- Ralph. You want to go?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. So.
1: I I, w- I went with Alexander, and obviously, as a big video games fan. It was like his perfect film. And yeah. He loves his favorite characters As he mentioned to you when you were on the show, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. So he loved the fact that Sonic had a... Uh, while he's not p- part of the plot, he had a couple of um, fairly prominent cameos. So,
0: Great movie. Check it out, definitely. So, David, will be back in a week. Um, hopefully there won't be any illness or snowstorms that are keeping the family here trapped in the house and I can't escape. And uh, we'll get together and do this again.
1: Cool. Speak to you then.
0: Thank you.